everybody back again with another viewers topic subject podcast and this one is a doozy a real doozy all over the internet Facebook groups there are Facebook groups dedicated to this subject alone there are Twitter groups dedicated to this subject alone there are groups on every social single social media that is out there that say high doses of vitamin C can increase your risk of the most common type of kidney stones. This is a, a topic from a couple of our viewers and having at my disposal Dr. Whiting to come on this podcast whenever I, I can is just happened to fall in this wealth of information category that I can't resist to bring it up. So here's Dr. Whiting to explain, maybe confirm, or maybe debunk the vitamin C and kidney stones situation. Hello, everybody. Thanks. Um, this is an interesting subject. First of all, it's important to realize that only certain people will form kidney stones. The vast majority, vast majority, of all of us will never have a kidney stone. You have to have a certain genetic predisposition. Now, that having been said, uh, the big hoo-ha all over the internet, uh, dangerous place by the way, um, is stating that uh, high amounts of vitamin C cause kidney stones. First of all, if you're not genetically predisposed, you can consume 20,000 milligrams of vitamin C and you're never, ever going to get a kidney stone. Vitamin C will not cause kidney stones in people who are not predisposed to it. Now, that having been said, what about the people who are predisposed? Will taking uh, mega doses of vitamin C uh, exacerbate their problem? The answer is possibly. Uh, however, uh, that is a far uh, more unlikely case than otherwise. Uh, we used to believe in science that excess vitamin C uh, was not a good idea for people predisposed to kidney stones. However, since that time, there have been numerous clinical studies uh, that have indicated that vitamin C, in fact, not only does not increase the risk of kidney stones in most stone formers, but it actually lowers their risk. There was a clinical study uh, done in 1996, and they gave uh, high doses of vitamin C to 45,000 males with no history of kidney stones. And they followed up by uh, evaluating these people they gave them 1,500 milligrams or more of vitamin C daily. The people that took the high doses of vitamin C had 22% fewer kidney stones than those who consumed less than 250 milligrams a day. Since that study, there have been numerous other ones that tend to indicate that it's not the vitamin C, it is the way the vitamin C is processed in a certain very small minority of stone formers. Again, the vast, vast, vast majority of us 
will never have kidney stones because we do not have the genetic predisposition. So therefore, vitamin C cannot cause kidney stones in all of us. Um, and let's take one last look at the people who are predisposed. We have found, and I bring this up because it, it is something that I have been talking about for many decades of my life. Uh, when we add pyridoxine, uh, which is vitamin B6, uh, to the diet of high-risk stone formers, they can then take vitamin C and experience all its benefits, like for the immune system and, and uh, uh, preventing uh, gum disease and a whole host of other beneficial reasons, and it reduces their risk of stone formation even further. And the reason why I bring that up is because I have always preached that is the concept of totality. You should never isolate and take one or two nutrients in any amount without taking a good full spectrum formula first, because doing so imbalances the body chemistry. Let's take vitamin C. Vitamin C in high doses is a natural diuretic. That's a good thing. Helps the body to get rid of excess fluids. But if you take high vitamin C and you don't take B-complex, you're going to flush out the B-complex out of your system and you may find that the benefits of vitamin C, which are many, will come along with nervousness and sleep problems. Does that mean vitamin C is a bad thing? No, it means you need to take all the nutrients together uh, in uh, concert with each other. Yeah, full spectrum. Yeah. And so when you, just to go back to the predisposition part of it, it says like, and there's just one sample of a Harvard study that happened, you know, let me see where this happened, uh, back in 2013. And it says kind of similar to what you exactly just said in a nutshell. But, it, and, and, it, and it does add to what you just said. It says, genes matter as do gender. Obesity also boosts the risk and not drinking enough fluids also boosts the risk. So that's kind of, that's okay. You know, going with what the internet says that makes more sense about what you're saying about predisposed. But what is it about the predisposition? Is it, it's just family history or is it, you know, anything else linked genetically? Yeah, it's, it, it, it is both genetic and hereditary. Okay. So if you've got family members, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, who have this problem, there's an extremely high chance that you would be predisposed to kidney stones. That doesn't mean you'll ever have one, but it puts you in a very, very small minority of what we call high risk for such. And those people need to be uh, far more cautious than 99% of the rest of the population. So as long as we're talking about uh, the, the Harvard study, which talked about uh, various factors increasing risk, like uh, dehydration. Well, yeah, and I mean, granted, all the true. Harvard study even says, though, it, this is not an insignificant risk, but there are these factors, just like what you said. Yes, but uh, if someone is predisposed to kidney stones, let's talk about the real fa risk factors. Okay. 
um, and they include many things. Uh, a, a, a diet which is too high in animal protein, uh, because animal proteins do produce oxalates. It's exactly what the Harvard study says. And so they should be limited to some extent. Fluids should be uh, adequate, and you should never, ever under any circumstances, and this goes for everybody, drink distilled water, because that's going to pull the calcium out of your uh, soft tissues, and it is the calcium that helps predispose the oxalates in the body. Okay. Now we got a bunch of other things that people who like to blame things like vitamin C for are not going to like to hear. If you really uh, want to be concerned about reducing your risk for kidney stones, uh, keep your vitamin C uh, intake above, uh, below about 1,500 milligrams a day, which is more than sufficient for benefit. Next, uh, sugar. Sugar ingestion fosters stone formation Yeah, in numerous clinical studies. So while you're trying to avoid your vitamin C because somebody on the internet gave you a bunch of crap uh, and you're sucking on candy bars and eating cookies all day long, you're putting yourself at a far higher risk for kidney stones than if you had the vitamin C to begin with. Here's a nasty one, alcohol consumption. Alcohol consumption among people who form stones is almost doubles their risk. Yeah. And the worst alcohol is beer. So again, if you are predisposed to this problem, uh, this can be a huge problem. If you're not, like the majority of us, then you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And lastly, coffee and other caffeine, sources of caffeine, have been shown to greatly uh, increase oxalate in soft tissue. So if one really wants to uh, be proactive and you are a stone former, you need first and foremost to increase fluids, you need to reduce animal proteins, and you need to avoid foods with high oxalate concentration, which includes uh, chocolate, beans, coffee, parsley, rhubarb, spinach, tea, um, carrots, celery, cucumbers, grapefruit especially, peanuts, peppers, and even sweet potatoes. Yeah, so some good stuff and some bad stuff. That's right. But I suppose if you're a high risk for a stone formation, it's those things are uh, not as good for you as they would be for others. Great. Well, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I just wanted to get to the bottom of it, especially for our viewers and especially for what my little research on the Internet found. I'm going to put a link to the Harvard study in the subject of the podcast and... Um, yeah, I think the thing to take away from it is that you shouldn't be doing, really, you shouldn't be doing high, high doses of any vitamin all by themselves. They need to be with a full-spectrum vitamin, preferably something that's completely real full-spectrum. I'm not talking about something that has nine vitamins and three minerals. I'm talking about real 136 nutrients, a full-spectrum product. That, that, that really covers all the bases. And when you do that, you then can take high doses of single vitamins yeah. for specific benefit, and you will not upset your body chemistry. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I'm glad we cleared this up. 
and um, the next topic is coming very soon so don't forget to like subscribe follow and do all that stuff and we'll be back at you very soon thank you so much